Welcome to Transcendent. I'm Raya, and I'm the daughter. And I'm Joe, and I'm the dad. Play the music. The wind and the sun were talking one day, and they started to say, who's really got the power here? Who has the ability to control? And they said, well, let's have a contest. They looked down on Earth, and they saw a man walking along. He was wearing a jacket. They said, okay, the wind thinking, I know where my power is. says, let's see who can get that guy to take his jacket off. I'll go first. The son said, oh, okay, I'll watch. So the guy walked along, and the wind came up, and it blew, and it blew. And the more it blew, the tighter the guy hung onto his coat. And he blew, and he blew, and he blew. He even blew to the point where he actually blew the man off the path, but yet the guy hung on to his coat. He was so tight, and the tighter he held it, the more the wind was getting frustrated and couldn't get that jacket off of that man. Finally, he gave up. He said, okay, your turn. The sun came out, and the guy kind of relaxed a little bit, and he kept walking along the path, and as the sun came along, it felt a little warmer, and pretty soon he opened his jacket up. The guy walked along, and he was apparently quite happy and walking along and relaxed and suddenly the sun was warm enough that he took his jacket off. Who had the power? Who had the power to convince this man to take off his jacket? Would he be convinced by the power of the wind? Instead, as the men was forcing and forcing and forcing, he just became more resistant. But when the sun came out, and gently made him feel comfortable. It was the sun that won the day. Dad, as you and I were preparing for this podcast, we both together saw a couple of things. We saw, first of all, a mailer piece that was designed to motivate people to be supportive supportive of a group that has an agenda that's more of a conservative agenda. And then we watched a video together that we didn't know this beforehand, but happened to be pointing out the group that was in the mailer and saying what terrible, evil, horrible people these were. What a hate group they were, and the only motives that they could have is that they really want to hurt in the worst way possible, all LGBTQ people around. And the person who was making the presentation was doing it in an argumentative way. Really thinking that they had the right, the other group was 100% wrong, as wrong as you can be, and all they needed to do was present the facts really with an air of arrogance. Yesterday morning, I was at a board meeting, and a discussion came up about changing the date of something, the date that was set previously that had been done for a few years. Someone who was in charge said, we're going to change that date and move it two weeks away. This is of a service organization that you're involved in? Correct. There was a big discussion about it, and it started off fairly comfortably. People were discussing it. That went on for a few minutes until the original organizer 
jumped in, instead of telling them why he felt that it was better to do this on a specific date that he had originally planned, he came on like the wind. He came on strong and powerful in an argumentative tone that just signaled to the other people, I need to take a defensive stance. His argument, while I agreed with the points he was making, I was just listening, by the way. I was a part of either side. I agreed with the points that he was making, but I knew he wasn't going to win anybody over. He wasn't going to get anywhere with that. It was the kind of situations that I see happening every day somewhere. It's someone who thinks by taking this argumentative stance, by saying right up front, you don't know what you're talking about and here's the deal right here, or by cutting the other person down, or by telling you why you don't know what you're talking about, I am the authority here. I don't think that's the way to win an argument. As a matter of fact, I think it's the way to create an argument. Radical conflict does not bring agreement. Ever. Right. Ever. The only way to win an argument is to stop having an argument. <laughs> yes. You don't, if you're, if you're adversarial to the person and you come at them with, ah, this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing and you raise your voice and it keeps going higher and higher, have you ever been in a situation where somebody's been yelling at you and you thought, oh, you know, they had it right all along and I've been <laughs> wrong and you change your tune? Never. If somebody wants to try to convince you or if you want to try to convince somebody else, the only way to do it is to stop being argumentative and instead of confronting the person head on to come alongside them instead. Unless you can give the position of the other person in a way that when you say it, they say, yes, you, you, I think you understand me. You and haven't earned the right to give your own position. And those who want to argue in a radical way, if they don't disagree with you, instead of Instead of uh, arguing with you about that, they will deflect the situation to something else. For example, you can say, well, the problem here is X or Y or Z. And if they can't deny that, instead, they will often deflect it by saying, yeah, but what about this other thing over here? What about that? I wonder, if I was stopped by a cop for speeding, and he said, I'm going to write you a ticket. And I said to him, but, but, but what about all those people who passed me? On that? Well, what about them? How come you're not after them? Do you think he wouldn't write me a ticket because of that? I think he would write the ticket anyway. Now, I want to be clear that when we're talking about this, we're not saying that you just have to always have a good attitude when injustice is happening. I'm not saying that you just, well, you know, unless, unless you come and, and you're always completely calm and collected, you never have the right to speak up. But what we are saying is that, is, so you have the right, if, you're, if you are part of a marginalized group and you are being mistreated, there is a time where you say, this is wrong how we're being treated and, and to speak up. But the point is, that's not going to convince someone 
And once you're done in that point of I'm fed up, I'm done, when you decide what we really want to do is bring around the people that are against us, we want to bring them around to our side, the way to do that is by speaking to them respectfully, by going forward to them and saying, let's see what we can do together, and not by coming and saying, let me tell you why you suck. The other thing that would happen is if you come on, let's let's go to our particular podcast here that we're talking about. We are talking about LGBTQ society. And if we're radical about that, I don't think we're going to win anybody over. They have to understand that we're just normal people like everybody else, that we're just allies, and that together we just want a normal life. We want normal relationships. We're not out to trying to change them. We're out just trying to be ourselves. When you're playing a sports game, they always tell you to keep your eye where? On the ball. Keep your eye on the ball. And so often in these conversations, we forget what the ball is, that you end up getting involved in, well, that person did this to me, and this person did that to me. The ball is, we want to bring about peace. We want to bring about equality for everyone here. We want to bring about so that we are all getting along, and we have harmony, and we have peace with one another. And when we lose sight of that, we create more conflict. And conflict doesn't solve problems. Conflict creates problems. Yes, we see that in politics. We see that in situations when people have issues with the school system, whatever it happens to be. Uh, uh, The the city council, uh, and I guess they say you can't fight City Hall. And City Hall happens to be the person that you disagree with on the other side. I think that's where it's at. I, I fought the law. And, and the, the law, law won. won. <laughs> I'll get my guitar. You can disagree without being disagreeable. And that's really the message we all need to hear. You've heard so many times, listen. Listen to the other side. We all hear that, but we all don't do it. I don't always do it, and I'll I'll admit that. I don't always listen to the other side because I'm right. So therefore, I don't listen to the other side. And so that can allow us to be disagreeable because you don't know what you're talking about. There's a psychological principle called the fundamental attribution error. And I don't know who came up with this name for it. But what it is, is we as humans, when we mess up or do something wrong, we know that we had good intentions and we know it was just the situation or the problem. But when somebody else fails to do what they were supposed to do, that shows a flaw in their character. But the flaw, when we mess up, it's not a flaw in our character, but when they mess up, it's because they intended to do it. Even when you know this, you still, the the people, the researchers themselves that have been trying to educate people on the fundamental attribution error, themselves have realized, I do this all the time, and learning about it doesn't make me any better. You made me think of something that happened when I was a kid that I haven't thought of for uh, literally 
65 or oh. 70 years. It's that long ago. I was probably, I wasn't 10 years old yet. And I was in the bathroom, and there was a little handheld mirror there that I was playing with, and it, I dropped it on the floor, and it broke. And my mother came in, and she saw that I broke that mirror, and she yelled about it. And I looked at her, and without thinking or anything else, I said, but just a couple of days ago, you dropped a cup and broke it, and you didn't yell about that. <laughs> And she turned around and walked away. <laughs> that was pretty good. That's exactly Not it. Not too bad for an eight-year-old. So oftentimes when we're getting into what they dub the culture wars, what happens, the people on your side of the culture wars are all right and and looking out for the for people, looking out for the, the most uh, vulnerable in our society. But the people on the other side, they are just really bad people. And all they want to do is hurt the most vulnerable in our society. And if you watch these narratives on either side, you see that they're, they're villainizing the other people. They're saying, that person that disagree with me, they are not just that they see things differently, but they are actively a bad person. They are an evil person, and they are trying to hurt people. And the reality is they're not. When you look at the people that are saying, we have some concerns about LGBTQ issues. Now, I have strong disagreements with the people that are that will speak vocally, and the, especially the people that are putting forward legislation and trying to do things. But I'll tell you what, if I were to approach them and sit down and listen and say, tell me your story. Tell me, why are you so angry about it? I'll tell you what, it's probably because they have an idea in their mind of what they think things are like, what how they think LGBTQ people are and probably don't know us, mm -hmm. have created a narrative in their own mind and are imagining children being hurt by us or imagining the worst-case scenario. Anytime you imagine the worst-case scenario about your neighbor or about anyone else in our society, you imagine the worst-case scenario, you're always painting the worst picture. <laughs> I, can, I can remember one time your sister told, uh, she was working, she was in high school. Maybe she was a sophomore. She was working at the, at the local uh, ice cream stand. And <laughs> another kid was working there that was about the same age she was and and uh, he lost his job for stealing but she told me oh he got fired and I said what did he, what did he get fired for and she said well about the worst thing you could possibly imagine I said oh no she docked down the boss and she killed him <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> Not that bad. <laughs> I guess it wasn't the worst thing I could imagine. <laughs> As you and I watched this video response to uh, the people on the other side, I expected that we would agree with this video. It was a video really talking about LGBTQ rights and talking about how important it is for us to defend these rights. And yet you and I both had the same feeling of, 
this is not representing me. It, and it's not winning anybody over. And, and that's what we want to do. I'll tell you what, the, the conflict does do one thing, unfortunately, and I wish it didn't. But it does get people out to vote. Yeah. And it does get people motivated to stay engaged, which is why you feel so terrible when you go on Facebook. I'll tell you what, I don't even like to go on Facebook anymore <laughs> because it's always people that are mad about something. And Facebook figures out when something makes you mad, Facebook knows, oh, this is making you mad enough. I've noticed you comment on, on this every time. Oh, One of our relatives posts things frequently that I disagree with. And for a while, I felt like if I don't say something, no one else is going to say anything. So I would post things. I, I would respond. And this relative would never respond back. So I would just say, you know, that's not really right what you're saying there. And I would, it was always nice and civil. But then Facebook said, oh, you're engaging a lot. So I'm going to show you more of this content. Yeah. And I was so frustrated and I finally had to go on and say, you know what, Facebook, how about let's just not show me this person's posts anymore because this is not helping me and I'm not changing anybody's mind and they're not changing anybody's mind. I've done that a long time ago. I, I, when I post anything on Facebook, it's usually just a, a humorous one-liner. Yeah. And it's not at all political or anything else. I stay away from all of that. And I don't see a whole lot of that right now. And do you know why? Because I've unfriended a lot of those people. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you do offend a lot of people with some of those jokes. <laughs> and I always try to respond back to you with something equally offensive. Yeah, right. <laughs> some equally offensive pun. <laughs> yeah. Those are, we do have a good time with those, though. Yeah, they're puns. But radical conflict doesn't bring about that healing when when you approach somebody in a way that respects them, that values them as a human being, that values that they care about people and they don't they're not out to hurt you. When you approach them in good faith and you demonstrate that you're approaching them in good faith, that opens the door for them to approach you in good faith. And how are we going to win anybody over if we don't do that? I'm not looking to win elections. I'm not looking to get people out to, to go vote or to go get angry enough that they go take action. What I'm looking to do is to have people understand that people like me are just like people like you. Yeah. We just want to get along. Now that I'm approaching 80, I have become a much more middle of the road about everything. Instead of really going to one side or the other about anything, whether it happens to be political or whether it happens to be uh, some other issue. I think for my age, I tend to look at both sides, and I don't get too concerned about anything. Uh, my daughter, the other daughter, always says, it'll work out. It always does. And she's right. Of course, that doesn't mean that the middle, by, by virtue of being the middle, is always the right way. Right. But it does mean that people on either side of the middle are probably good people. I just want to put food on the table for my kids. I want to make sure that my family gets along all right. I want to make sure that we're all together and I'm really worried about all of us being safe. And if you can address those concerns first, you're going to have an audience. And that's how we start to get along. 
You know, I remember you saying that same thing a long time ago when you were first out of high school and you were talking about trying to help people out. You first said, well, I can try to help teach them these things and that things, but they're thinking, yeah, but I need some food here first. This is what I need. And you told me at that point, you have to address those needs first. Then you can go to the next step and get some education and move forward. And once you do that, you've begun to want to win them over. But you've got to win them over with what is the biggest thing that's staring them in the face that they think is going to create the biggest problem for them. We start by addressing one another as human beings. And if we start by addressing one another as a problem... All that's going to do is create problems. But when we address one another with human being, as human beings, that's how we start to come together. Which are you? Are you the wind or are you the sun? As you go forth in your life, what do you want to do? I hope that we've encouraged you to bring a little more sunlight to your week this week. Well, I want to tell you, Raya, you used to be the sun. But now you're the daughter. <laughs> <laughs> we hope that you had uh, a great time listening to us, and we're happy to have you with us on this Monday. Go forth and have a positive week. We'll see you Monday. Mm-hmm.